Welcome to the RMM TV podcast. I'm Rennie McLean. We speak and we teach on the supernatural, how you, as an ordinary person, can do extraordinary things. Hi, I'm Dr. Marina McLean. The supernatural is meant to be lived naturally, and we do that through the teachings and instructions that you find right here on the RMM TV podcast. So, sign up today on the RMM TV podcast. Baba, we welcome you into this place. We step into this moment with you. And we say, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom has come. And right now, in your presence, we lift our hands before you. I want everybody under the sound of my voice lift their hands in the presence of Elohim Adonai, the Lord your God, El Gabor, the Almighty, El Elyon, Most High, El Rohai, the God who sees. As you come into his presence right now, I want you to honor him. Hallelujah. 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 God, we give you praise. We give you all the glory and the honor that's due to your name. In these moments, sense the awe of God as we acknowledge him we reverence him and he's the only thing he's the only person right now that your mind should be on Everything he is comes with him when he comes into a room. That means healing has just come into your room. That means prosperity has just come into your room. That means peace has just come into your room because his presence is absent of nothing. And when we worship him, he opens himself. That's the mystery of worship, is that worship opens the heart of God to the heart of man. And so, Lord, right now, we practice your presence. We see only you 
nothing else matters. We see only you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know right now you can sense his presence. You can feel his presence. There's a new place in his presence being revealed to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I want to get straight into the revelation of the word revelation that the Lord has given me to share with you. I've been really looking forward to bring this special revelation to you on what I define as the end time Sukkot of God. I want you to go with me to Leviticus 23 verse 2 to 4 from the King James Version of the Bible. It says, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. These are the feasts of the Lord. Even holy convocations which you shall Proclaim. That's the backdrop for what we're going to go into today. These are not ordinary times. These are God's times. And God's times are different to man's. In God's time, you see God's sovereignty. You see God's plans unfold. And so as we go into this teaching, I believe your eyes are going to really be open to the time that we're in and what God is going to do for his people. Now, listen to this. I want this to be understood. God is a sovereign God, but he is also a faith God. That means God can do things outside of his sovereignty. When he does something outside of his sovereignty for his children, that comes by way of faith. The set times does not eliminate faith. It lets us to know, it lets us know how to live outside of these set times. These set times known as the Feast of the Lord they're the templates of time. They're the templates of human history. And they're also the templates of the future. And so I believe that what we're going to go into today is going to really give you a life-changing experience by giving you a new perspective of what these feasts are all about. I want you to go with me to Genesis Chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, 
And it's going to be, in fact, let me back up. We're going to start reading from verse 1, 1, 3, 5, and 7. And it reads like this. In the beginning, God, 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 created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmaments. And it was so. I want you now to go with me to Genesis 2. Genesis 2, and it's one verse. It's verse 4. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth. Profound statement. Hear it again. These are the generations of of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now go with me quickly. By the way, all this is from the, all this is from the King James Version of the Bible. Go with me now to Psalms 19. Psalms 19, and this one is now from the Amplified Bible. And it reads like this. The heavens are telling, my God, the heavens are telling of the glory of God. And the expansion of heaven is declaring the work of his hands. Your version simply says, the heavens declare the glory of of God. I want you to hear it again. The heavens declare the glory of God. We are in a time right now that is very profound on God's calendar. Right now we are in Sukkot or Tabernacles, the feast of Sukkot. That represents the time of God dwelling with his people. But also, it is also the time of the final harvest of the year. Now, pause and stop and listen and think right now. What is the purpose of harvest? What is the purpose of harvest? Let me tell you what the purpose of harvest is. The purpose of harvest is simple. It's provision. The purpose of harvest is provision. My God. Hear it again. The purpose of harvest is provision. 
the purpose of seed is to sow. So that means when God gives you a seed, he's given you a potential provision. So if you eat the seed, then guess what? You don't have provision in a season. You only have provision for a day. Most people eat their seed because they don't understand. The purpose of harvest is provision. The purpose of seed is to sow for provision. So if you don't sow seed, then you have no understanding of what God has for your life. In fact, the truth be told, if you have a seed, you have a future pendant. That's what you do with the seed. All these free feasts of the Lord, they are all centered around harvest time. I want you to say that word out your mouth with me. Harvest time. Say it again. Harvest time. Say it one more time. Harvest time. Now, in, in, in the agricultural world, different things are harvested at different times. But the ending of all harvests is where basically everything is gathered together. And if you notice, it's the scarcity of a thing that causes the price to rise or the value of a thing to rise. When something is common, it's an ordinary price. But the closer you come to something coming out of season, it costs more to buy. So in the mind of God, God purposely put these free feasts around harvest time. Now, no other occupation on the earth depends on seasons more than agriculture. A farmer understands if there's no rain, there's not going to be a good crop this year. Uh, a, a, a farmer understands if there's not sufficient light, if there's not sufficient heat, you know, you're not going to get a good harvest. So that's why farmers and agriculturalists, they are more prone to understand these things better than ordinary people would. It's a very, very, very powerful truth that we have to get a hold of. Why does God do things around harvest time? Harvest time is the time of manifestation. Say it with me, manifestation. Say it again, manifestation. Okay, these free feasts are all around manifestation. Say the word, manifestation. Say it again, manifestation. Now, hear it now because I want you to hear this. This is going to really open your eyes. Go with me in your Bibles to Galatians 4, verse 4. And this is from the King James Version of the Bible. And it reads like this. But when the fullness of time was come. Now pause and think. But when the fullness of time was come. Pause, stop, think again. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. Now, this is profound and this is powerful. Why does it say the fullness of time? And what does God mean 
when he says the fullness of time. The fullness of time means different things to different people in different situations. Like, for example, when a woman conceives seed, nine months is her allotted fullness of time. After that, a birth takes place. Now, hear it again now. And hear now what we're going to get into now. At the fullness of all times, even in human history, at the fullness of time, something ends and something begins. Something passes and something new begins. Jesus couldn't come in the Old Testament. You say, why? Time wasn't full. There was not sufficient momentum in the earth to bring him from heaven to the earth. There wasn't sufficient sacrifices in the earth to speak, to call his sacrifice to the earth. There had not been enough worship in the clouds to bring him. But when time is full, things manifest. And so the Bible says now, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Now, this in the Hebrew calendar is the time when Jesus was born. He was born around, here this now, he was born around Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. He was born in the month of September. So that's the reason why in the Hebrew calendar, September is the end of the year and also the beginning of the new year. Now what's prophetic about it is, is that September is really the beginning of fall. So that's where the, where the last harvest comes in and everything is gathered. And remember what I said, the purpose of harvest is provision. So you have to, my God, so you have to harvest now in order to live the next three, four, several months. Now, if you look at certain animals, they actually do that. The ant does that. The very Bible says, consider the ant. The ant actually stores in harvest time so that it can live in the fall. Some animals are like that. If I remember rightly, bears do that. Other animals do it, but it is a principle. Now, hear it again. It is a principle. At the end of the fullness of time, sorry, the end of the fullness of time has several meanings. One, it's called harvest. And when harvest comes, there is no delay. It means what is sown is going to come forth and it's going to manifest in the earth. So now when Jesus was born, he was born around these free feast times. Now why is it, why is it important? And what does it mean to us? I want you to write these things down. Listen to this now. Oh, this is so powerful. Ephesians 1 now. Ephesians 1 verse 10 reads like this. 
that in the dispensation, mark that word, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Let me read to you again, because there is so much revelation here. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So in other words, the ending of time is marked by an alignment with heaven and earth and earth to heaven. Now, why does it say in the fullness of time? Because the earth is not in its original place where God said it. The earth in every aspect of nature, the earth is not what it once was. Let me give you a simple example of what I mean by the earth is not what it once was. Prior to the fall, animals were not wild. So in other words, animals and man were friends. I want you to picture this. A man didn't have to train a lion or train a tiger. He could walk with a lion and a tiger and have no fear or fret of life. You say, why? Because animals then were not wild. So all these things that we talk about now came about after the fall. So it's only before the fall we see a perfect earth. Well, before the fall... Man was made in the feast times. So what does that tell us? It tells us that the feast time is what we were always to live in. Simply put, we were always to live in the manifested presence of God, enjoying the prosperity of his presence. That's what that means. That's what that represents. Now listen to this. Because to me, this is powerful. There are different types of fullness, and none of them are the same. Let me give you a classic one that we all read and we all look at, but we probably don't realize the importance of it. Famous scripture that we quote. Look at this, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And hear what it says now. And when the day of Pentecost was what? Fully come the fullness of time Pentecost is not just a day it's a feast time and notice that this feast time is regarded as what a fullness of time when the children of Israel left Egypt it was a fullness of time when the church was born it was at a fullness of time when Jesus came into the earth, Galatians 4.4, 4, what have we just finished reading? In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. So we understand that in God's set time, something ends. So something can begin. The old passes and the new begins. A son is born. Hear this now. Go in your thinking with me now. I'll go in your mind now to what we started to read in the beginning. 
where in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Rosh Hashanah is traditionally, sorry, Rosh Hashanah is traditionally believed to be the birthday of the earth. This was when the earth was made. And if you notice around this time in human history, prior to this moment, the earth is always in chaos. You see it in the stock market. You see it in the political world. Well, you say, well, why? Because the earth was in chaos before it was remade. So every time, and the earth has genetic memory in it. So every time we come to this time of year, certain things act up. You say, why? It's in the DNA code of the earth's templates. So now, when God made the earth and set everything in order, God spoke creation into being. He set every tier and aspect of life in divine order and provided for it. Now, listen to this now. When you read Genesis chapter 1, you see seven days. And in those seven days, heaven was speaking something to the earth. You say, really, what was heaven really speaking? All we look at is, all we look at the fact is that these were days that God made and God spoke and God set things. And wow, we, we now live in a beautiful earth. Everything is here. Everything is furnished. But we're forgetting something. Heaven spoke to earth. You say, well, what was heaven saying in every aspect? The heavens, the Bible says, declares the glory of God. So that means provision is the glory of God because Genesis 1 is the revelation of provision. The heavens declare the glory of God. And then Genesis 2, 4, these are the generations of the heavens. and That's profound. And notice, there's a joining of what is in the earth to what was in heaven. In that the earth in its original state was furnished by heaven. That's why when we pray, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Only heaven can furnish the earth because the first person who furnished the earth was God Almighty and he created everything in the earth out of, out of where he lives. So hear it now. And put this now in your spirit, man, because to me this is profound. So there are different types of fullness. When Jesus came, the first time, the condition was time had to be full. When the church was born, Acts chapter 2, the church could not be born until what? Time was full. When Jesus comes again, he cannot come again until what? Time is full. How do we know when time is full? Because every prophecy 
in the scripture is fulfilled. And everybody living here under the sound of my voice on this planet, the fact you are still here, you are seeing more fulfilled than your parents. You are seeing more prophecies fulfilled than any of the patriarchs has ever been in the Bible. So watch this now. They spoke from history to the future, but you're in the present of what they spoke from history to. So right now, watch this now, time is full. That's why the scales are tipping. That's why there's, that's why there's a stirring up Amongst the nations. You say why? Well, number one, there's rumors of war. What did Jesus say? That's going to be one of the signs. What else did he say? He said that the earth is going to have like birth pains. We're seeing that right now. Nature is groaning. Things are happening right now in nature that's never happened before. The ending of all things, the Bible says, is preceded by two things. Number one, the revealing of the glory of God and the end time shaking. And this end time shaking, the Bible says, is the elimination. All the feasts, you see an elimination process. And you say, why? Because he's coming for a remnant bride. And you and I, because we are seeing more prophecies fulfilled, I want you to picture this. We are closer if Jesus spares your life and you stay in good health, the chances are, my God, this is too good to give. The chances are you will actually be alive to see when he returns. In fact, let me give, I didn't intend to give this, but I'm going to give it here. This is, I didn't intend to give it, but I'm going to give it to you. Let me read you a scripture that people don't see. Do you remember in the Bible how in the Bible, the Bible is very, um, very um, matter-of-fact on genealogy. Jewish people are very strong on genealogy. And so when Scripture was written, it was very important to know who you are, where you come from, and what generation you are. That's really important. But what I'm going to say right now is something I didn't intend to say. But I'm going to say it to you. The end time code, code of God, is tied to a number. And it is tied to the number seven. The number seven is the number of what? Creation. It's the number that declares the generations of the heavens to the earth. It's the number seven. Seven is a reset number. It's a completion number. But listen to this. Seven is also a new number. At the end, of seven days 
is the beginning of another week. Now, watch this. Let me just say how, how, how to count. This is going to surprise you for how to count. Four weeks make what? One month. Is that correct? Seven days make what? One week. Okay? Seven times seven is what? 49. Okay. That's a jubilee number. That's a jubilee number. Let me tell you the mystery of this. The, a lot of people are talking and don't know what they're... I, I want to be careful. A lot of people are talking stuff that everybody don't understand. Because if it's a jubilee number, and we're to actually do the math biblically, we have an idea of when Jesus will come. You say, why? Jesus died at the age 30, sorry, Jesus died at age 33. Is that correct? Yeah, history shows it. He died at age 33. Okay, watch this now. We are only in the year 2022. Now, if you look in Matthew's gospel, it says Jesus was born 4 BC because the calendar was changed. So if you was to add four to two, I'm going to be careful. We're only four from the number 30. And then you add the three because he died at 33. So it's, my God, so it would make another seven. Now, so we know that in the end times in how to count, we are in cycles of seven. Now, that's why the, la the last seven years, and notice it's called the Great Tribulation Period. Now, everything that is unfolding now in nature is going to get worse. You say, why? Because nature has now been given permission by God to fully manifest. So that's why our weather is going to become more and more uncontrollable. It's going to become more and more unmanageable. You say, why? Because God has given nature permission to manifest. And it testifies that we are in a cycle of seven. And it testifies that Jesus is coming sooner than we think. Now, you say, how, 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 how far can we go in this? Okay, let me upset you with something. When Joseph was in Egypt, how long were those years of famine? And how long was the years of prosperity? He saw seven fat cows and seven lean cows. So what are you seeing again? Two cycles of seven. Now, are we in that cycle prior to the great tribulation? Because before the great tribulation, things have to get more topsy-turvy. The scripture teaches it. So keep in your mind now the number seven. Now watch this now, because when I read, like I said, I didn't intend to give this, but the Spirit of God just released me to give this. Listen to this now, just show you how powerful this number is now, because we're going to be, we're in cycles of seven, but have never been before. They're new cycles. That's why they're unpredictable. You can predict the past. You say, why? Because there's a pattern for the past, but you can't predict the future when the future is new, when it's in a supernatural cycle of seven. 
That's why you can be a millionaire today and broke tomorrow. What you used to know isn't going to bring money the way it used to. We're in a different time frame. Now, listen to this now, because this is going to really open your eyes. The book of Jude, Jude 1, because it's only one chapter in the book of Jude. Jude 1, and listen to, this, 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 this just hit my spirit. We're at Jude 1, verse 14. Just to show you how God has a sense of humor. What is 14? What's two times? What number makes 14 two times? Seven. In a cycle of seven. And then watch this now. Jude 1, verse 14. And hear what it says now. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam. Stop, Church, I'm ready for this. Enoch also, the seventh from Adam prophesied of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh. See, church can't take this. Enoch, and what does the Bible say about Enoch? In, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says Enoch was raptured. Enoch, the Bible says, did not see death. In other words, Enoch represents the church. We're not going to see the great tribulation. You say, why? Because we're taken before. And the number gives it away now. Enoch, the seventh from Adam. We are possibly that generation that Enoch saw. Hear it now. Let me read the whole verse to you. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of his. Now, this is just outside the garden at the beginning of time. And this man saw the coming of the Lord. I'm not talking when he came the first time. I'm not talking about when he was born in Bethlehem. No, 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 no. This is his coming at the end of the ages. So at the beginning of time, a man sees the end of time and prophesies the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, and it declares... Enoch also, the seven from Adam, prophesied of these saints, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all and to convict all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have, uh, which they have ungodly committed. My Lord of mercy, this was not the first coming of the Lord. You say, why? When the Lord came the first time, the Bible says he didn't come to judge. The Bible says he came full of grace. When he comes the next time, the conclusion of the seven and the beginning of the new seven, the Bible now says now he's now coming to judge. This is so clear and so powerful. Now watch this now. The last Shemitah that we had was 2015. The word Shemitah simply means release. It's every seven years. Okay. A Jubilee is every 49 and 50 years. Okay. If the last one, if the last one was 2015, then I want you to do the math and add how many sevens are left because if Jesus, because remember now, the day of Pentecost, the actual feast, is only two days. 
So in other words, it cannot go past 2,000 years. The Bible says one, year, sorry, one day is 1,000 years in the sight of the Lord. The only feast that's two days is Pentecost. And watch this now. Just show you how profound this is now. There's not another jubilee left because we don't have another 30 years. Now, see, it's the first I've said that. If I was to go by the law of that number, we don't have another 30 years left. Process this. We don't have it. So when everybody stands up and says, oh, Jesus is coming. No, this is very, very, very real. And that's what the feasts teach us. The feast identifies him. The feast witnesses to him. And the feast reveal him. The feast also reveals the glory. The feast also reveals the church. Watch this now. And I'm going to begin to pull this in. There's a lot in this. I want you to listen to it good now. I'm going to conclude with by saying it like this. In every fullness, in every fullness of time, A son is born. Something shifts. Something takes place that's bigger than us. And any generation that is here to witness what is taking place in these end times, it lets you know you are on the earth for a purpose. You might not have realized your purpose. That's why the devil's tried to kill you and he can't kill you yet. You say, why? You are here to live to see the glory of the Lord before the Lord returns. And this is why the church has to come into the prosperity of his presence, the prosperity of Eden, the prosperity of his presence so that's why we are told to honor these feasts your blessing your future relies on what you do out of your harvest listen to this and I can't stress it enough in every fullness sorry in every fullness of time Someone is born. Something happens of divine significance. And it only happens once in a lifetime. And all those who live to see it are part of it because you're its counterpart. We are the generation of prophecy fulfillment.
And that's why the Lord commands us to sow during feast, feast times. When we sow in God's time, God fulfills his word. You say, what do I mean? God, watch this, God takes you out of time. Time is still going, but watch this. You're taken out of it. So all the judgments and everything that's coming on the earth, it's going to come, but guess what? You're not in it. You've escaped it. This is not the day if you're to ask God if you should give God your seed. What you give God is going to determine your future. And listen to this right now. Nobody's future on the earth from a natural perspective is guaranteed. You say, what do I mean by that? Because people are dying prematurely. You don't have to come into all what you believe but if you sow a seed it is not the will of God for you to sow a seed and not have its harvest there's a lot I didn't get into but we are the generation of the seven hmm. you're gonna have to listen to this teaching again and again and again and you will never ever again miss God's divine appointments we are in Sukkot now the time where God is dwelling amongst these people where he's manifesting himself to his people it's a fullness of time it's the final harvest in agricultural year and the Bible says in Joel, the former rain, I'm going to give you moderately. But in the first month, I'm going to give you both rains together. In other words, he's going to give you a Pentecost and a Passover all at one time. It's where you do doubly well. And you do doubly well. God always gives you double before hard times come so that when hard times does come you don't have to change your life because of time because you've got the provision to live I want to pray for you right now Father I thank you I've spoken what you put in my mouth this is the generation of the seven and we are in the cycle of seven the Shemitah year has just come to an end. Another seven has begun. And it's a new seven. It's not the previous. It's the cycle of new beginnings. No matter what has been, God has decided this is the time of your new beginning. This is your new beginning. In Jesus' name. I'm going to give you the chance right now 
I felt it twice. Release your Sukkot seed. Release it. This is the time of the year where you give your biggest harvest. Sorry, you give your biggest seed. You know why? Because it's the final harvest. God's got so much for you. So, and let God give you favor that you've never had before. I pray you obey God now. All the details are on your screen. Do not miss this mega moment for God to separate you from what's coming. So you see, in Jesus' name. I want you to tell everybody you know about RMMTV. We bring a cutting edge word, a now word to the body of Christ. And this ministry is only possible because there's a remnant that sows to this ministry. And I bless you in advance, in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this special end time Sukkot. For more breakthrough encounters, visit us on rmm.live.